This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank not. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Joining us on the phone as he's busy with his Renville County Commissioner duties, uh, Greg Snow. Uh, Greg, thanks for joining us So once again as we uh, do this on a Monday morning uh, during this time of year, normally after a Vikings game. No Vikings game this week, so uh, the rest of it opens up. Uh, where do you want to start? Probably with college football playoff. That was pretty controversial, what went on there yesterday. Yeah, that's probably the hot topic. I was yep. thinking that would be the best place to go, of course, without a Vikings win or loss. But, yep. yeah, Todd, I thought it was very interesting. Of course, last year of this being just four teams, so I kind of laugh at all the people that are getting all bent out of shape because yeah. it's like, well, they're going to correct this. They knew it was a problem, and then this year it became a major problem. So what was your take? Did you think they got it right, or did you want to see something different? I, I did. I thought they did. Uh, uh, I was hoping that you were going to take the Florida State side could, so could, we could be on the opposite side of this <laughs> of this one here. But we both kind of felt the same way. Obviously, I feel bad for Florida State. And you know what? If they still had their starting quarterback and they had won these games, although they were close, they would be in, I believe. But they're down to a third-string true freshman as their quarterback. And, yes, they did win, but it was against Louisville, uh, you know, and then I don't know who their last regular season game was against that they also had to play without Travis. Matter of fact, I think their last three games they had to play uh, without him, a big, strong, dynamic quarterback. So that's a big loss for them. So I think they got it right, and a lot of people are crowing about first time ever an undefeated uh, team didn't make it into the college football playoff. Well, yeah, precedent setting, but... The precedent you said if you take them instead of Alabama is first time the SEC champion never went into the college football playoffs. So there was going to be precedent set either way. Tough call to make. Well, you know somebody was going to be up in arms. It didn't yep. matter. And I, I thought Texas would be maybe the team bumped out. But how can you bump Texas out because they beat Alabama early yep. year? So you're right, Todd. It was going to be an SEC. I think George is already over there stewing going, wait a minute. We won two in a row. And now you're telling us that our one loss late in the year, no, granted, they look terrible, yeah. and it is recency bias. Um, but, but again, now somebody had to be bumped out. So I, always, I go back to this, Todd. You were set up for failure when you announced that there's a Power Five conferences. Power Five. <laughs> right. That means five teams. Out of Well, you set up the yeah. playoffs as only four. That's right. This was, this was going to happen. Somebody's going to be left out, and I think the Pac- uh, the Pac-10, 12, whatever number they are now, I think they were left out a couple years, but how could you leave Washington out? They beat Oregon twice. Yep. Uh, Michigan, how do you leave them out? You can't. And so something was going to, going to break. And I think the committee was cheering hard for Louisville to win, just praying, please, Louisville, win this thing so this is easy for us. Well, that didn't happen. And so now we have the controversy, and here we go. Next year, I think they're talking 12. I don't think it's finalized yet. It is finalized. Is, it? Yep, it's it final. Is. Yep, it's okay. 12. It starts next year. Yep. And and then so none of this isn't now the issue just becomes if a two-loss team gets in. Why did that two-loss team in? Somebody will crow about that. Todd, we are human beings. We grumble about everything. Yeah. But you know, college football has the most difficult playoffs to make uh, out of all the sports. So, so far it's been four teams uh, making it. And how many teams play in the football bowl subdivision? There's well over 100. There's something like 130 teams. So four out of 130 get in. 
So it's still going to be the most exclusive tournament at 12 out of 130 plus uh, teams that play in the football bowl subdivision. So it's still a, the, the most difficult playoffs to make. And I, I think 12 is the perfect number. You're still rewarding the top four with a bye, and then those other teams can still play their way in. And I don't think the screaming by those left out will be quite as loud simply for this reason, uh, that the team that Florida State had left out because they went undefeated. That's a real case to make. But if you're screaming because you have two losses or three losses, you might see of the 12 teams, you could see someone with three losses uh, into the top 12. There's a difference between saying, hey, we only lost, we lost three, they lost two. Uh, I don't think that's this as, as strong an argument to make. I, I hope you're right, and I would agree. I think it would be easier for us to say, well, you didn't take care of your business Iowa, for example, you yeah. had three losses, and he's, you know, he's still crowing about the fair catch call. Still, Todd, yeah, he's still about that, and and it's just one of those deals that um, somebody's going to grumble. But I hope the general public and the media don't buy into that. Of it is what it is, Todd. Is, this is the format you wanted to see. I wanted to see eight. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't think because again, I, I, I just think that three weeks of playoffs is plenty or three rounds, I don't know if you call them, want to call them weeks, but three rounds is plenty. Mm-hmm. Adding the fourth game, I mean, is that, are they cutting into the regular season, or are these teams just going to play more games now? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know what they're going to do. The only place you can cut games would be the conference championship games, and some of these conferences just print money with that game, so that's right. going to be really hard to, to get rid of that game. But what else can you do? You're looking at an NFL schedule now, so if you're one of the teams yeah. – that's between 5 and 12. If you make it all the way to the national championship game, you're playing a 17-game schedule. That's an NFL schedule. They no longer can call them student-athletes. When they keep piling, well, you know, there's NIL money anyway, so that already has been eroded somewhat. <laughs> um, but but it's, if you're asking college athletes to, get, to play 17 football games, uh, that's a lot. I, I, I think they need to do away with these conference championships, and they become redundant anyway. Uh, once you go to 12 teams in the playoffs next year, all the teams that might have been playing for a conference championship, in particular in what will now be the Power Four conferences with the Pac-12 ending, those teams are going to already be probably in the top 12 and getting an opportunity. So I would do away with the conference championship games. I don't think that's how they're going to handle it, though. Yeah, you just told them to take a huge pay cut. Yeah. Uh, you said it first, and money talks. Yeah. We all know it. They think they're going to make a lot of money. Um, I'm interested if they're going to convert bowls into each one of these. Again, I don't know that that matters a whole lot other than for the dollar and for the advertising. Yeah. That's not going to matter to the student-athletes. They don't care about peach, sugar, cotton. They care less about any of that stuff. They, right. You know, the people who care are the people who are getting the paychecks. Now, the kids are starting to get some of these paychecks. We saw it with the Gophers here. P.J. Fleck even put out a little, hey, if I don't get some more NIL money, um, we're going to lose players, people. Yeah. So he's even put it out there, and I didn't expect to hear that from him. So this is this is going to get even crazier. We saw it with, um, with the Sanders kid out in Colorado. You know, might be more advantageous for him to stay. He might make more money just staying at Colorado. Same with Caleb Williams. So all these things... I don't know that any games will be cut down, Todd, back to yeah. our original point. I can't imagine that the uh, college football is saying, well, we got to keep these kids in class. They're definitely not saying that anymore, right? Yeah. It's uh, yeah. 
it's a let's let's keep going with this football. So yeah, I'm super intrigued by it. I don't. I'm not a huge um, connoisseur of college football, but this has really intrigued me because it's fun to kind of watch all sides and people, um, you know, beg for their teams to get in when really it's up to that committee to do it. And um, yeah. I think it'll be an easier job for the committee from now on. I really do. Yeah, I think so too. So here's right on the NCAA website what they say about the 12 team playoff next year. Uh, it will include the six highest ranked conference champions. So win your conference you're in. Uh, they receive automatic bids. Top four get a first round bye. Six highest ranked teams outside conference championships finish out uh, the 12 teams. The lower seed uh, has the opportunity to select the host venue during the first round. Bowl games will be introduced in the quarterfinal round. So I don't know what that means. And the lower seed gets to pick the venue. So does that mean they get to pick a neutral site venue? And why would the lower seed uh, be the team that That's, gets to pick the venue? I, I don't, but this is right on the NCAA's website I'm looking at. So Yeah, the lower, I think that when they mean lower seed, don't they mean like the one seed? The lower. The oh, okay. Seed. Right. Okay. So not they wouldn't be picking venues, but the five seed would get to pick. That's what they see in my mind. That's yeah. the higher seed. It's a lower I, number, right, but right. that's the higher <laughs> seed. Okay. So but they get to pick the venue. Yeah. So this year it would be Florida State hosting Oklahoma, and Florida State would get to pick the venue. But I don't see would they. Well, I would. I would have think that everybody would just pick their their home stadium. Would this be an extra home game? Do you think for in the college football playoff? I, I, I'm wondering. Again, I think that they're probably making it up as they go, which people yeah. hate. But I said, what else are you going to do? Yeah. You got to make it up as you go. You got to figure out where the most. I'm telling you, Todd. We all know this. Where's the most money coming in? Is it by having a home, another home game? Is it moving to a, a Jacksonville Stadium? You know, I don't even know. Maybe that's. What's the field that Jacksonville plays on? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. Uh, okay. The Gator Bowl. The Gator Bowl. Yeah, but. But that's an NFL stadium, so yeah, maybe we got yeah. more seating there. Let's move it to there because yeah. as we all – I was just shocked at these games. They are shoulder-to-shoulder, shoulder, sold out. Yeah. I mean, at that Michigan-Iowa game, sold out. And yeah. everybody knew Michigan was going to rout Iowa. It's like, why were you paying that amount of money to go do that stuff? Yeah. But people will pay it. It's just incredible to me. So they're going to find a way to maximize that dollar. Yeah, they've got to do it. Unfortunately, it is what it is. There's still an appetite for it, and um, yeah, I I would I would guess that they're going to let them have it at their home stadium. Yep. But as I scroll down now, I see that that would indeed be the case. That the higher seeded team of the five through twelve games would have a home game, and that would be played the week of uh, December the twenty first. So the third weekend. That would be okay. the fourth weekend, actually, for this year. Well, they got to push it later. Third Todd, weekend. Who you got winning this whole thing? Are you a homer and you're going for the Big Ten team, or do you want somebody else? I'd like to see the Big Ten team win it. I'd like to see Michigan win it. I'd like to see Jim Harbaugh stick his thumb in the NCAA's eye, uh, no. and and the Big Tens by by picking up uh, uh, you know the national championship. Harbaugh's a different duck. I realize that, but um, you know, I'd I'd like to see Michigan. I guess sure. Okay, well, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think the Big Ten has ever won it since they've gone to this format. Is Uh, that correct? I believe that's right. I don't know for sure. So they need to do it in the last one. Otherwise, they'll get rid of it like they did the Big Ten ACC Challenge in basketball. It just ended up disappearing because they weren't competitive. So the Big Ten, oh, we get... 
touted as this awesome football conference, and yet we've never won at all. I don't. It's been, it's been SEC dominant, Todd. I think it was it has. nine of nine of ten or eight of ten uh, that that's happened. It's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the Big Ten does need to win this at some point. The SEC has just had the speed domination, and and uh, they just you know that's where speed lives is in the South, not not in the North. So Michigan and Ohio State can compete, but when they need more speed. They go to the south. They go to California, Texas, and Florida. Alabama, too. That's where the speed lives, so that's where the SEC is. and Not California, of course, but, but uh, that, that's, I think, why they tend to have the, the upper hand in all that. And in the south, college football is king. In the north, it's more pro football. So uh, you, you are going up against that culture, too. All right, Todd. I'm I'm here. Here's I got a I got a not a sexy pick here. I'm pick. I'm going for Washington. I have fallen in love with Penix Jr. I would love to see every Vikings fan watch this kid play. He's a left-hander. He's got some crazy in him. He's got some size. He's got some accuracy. He's got everything that I would be looking for in a uh, in, in my NFL quarterback. And I think the the rumor has it he's sliding a little bit. So when you get a chance, Vikings fan, just watch him with an open eye and see if he's somebody that could fit. Because then I'm on board with signed cousins. See, we always get the Vikings in on this. Yeah. Signed cousins for $30 million, one year. Cousins probably maybe won't do it. Draft Penix Jr., let him sit that one year, and then let's go. That's my, that's my hot take for the morning, Todd. So you're a Penix guy. I'm a J.J. McCarthy guy. But then I watched him yesterday, and I wasn't quite yeah. as impressed – I wasn't quite as impressed yesterday as I have been uh, in some other games. Uh, I'm not really a left-handed quarterback guy. Your your receivers all come up catching the spin the other way, uh, and uh, I not that that makes a big difference. You probably ask receivers; they maybe don't care at all about it. But I'm kind of more. You, it's hard to find a backup, and if you have a left-handed starter and a right-handed backup, you kind of are going to run things differently for those two quarterbacks. I think they're just harder to to have as your quarterback as a left-hander. So I would go J.J. McCarthy. We aren't saying Caleb Williams or Drake May because the Vikings aren't going to be bad enough to get that high a pick, and they'd have to give up too many assets to move up to get one of those guys. There's Bo Nix is also going to be in the mix. I think those three guys that we've referenced, Penix, uh, McCarthy, and Nix, the Vikings could have a chance at any of those three. Uh, We'll see if that happens or not. And I'll give you some credit here, Todd. Iowa defense is actually very good. They have very good numbers. Yep. So you're right. McCarthy didn't look very good. I'm not on him at all. I don't, I don't want the Vikings to take him. No, if they do, they do. But um, I, I, I just see a, a pocket um, Mac, Mac Jones kind of quarterback there for me. Mm-hmm. But, again, I, I, I'm willing to accept him as ours if we draft him, yeah. right? I'd yeah. be saying, okay. I give everyone a chance. I even gave Christian Ponder a chance. I even bought a right. Christian Ponder jersey back in the day, <laughs> even though I, I lampooned the pick uh, when they made it. But once he's your quarterback, what choice do you have? You know, you got to get it's on the board. the Brett Favre scenario, right? Uh, we hate it. him, hate him, hate him, hate him. Oh, no. Till he's, he's ours. Now we gotta... Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> did, you watch any, did you watch any Tiger Woods this weekend, Todd? I did. I did watch a little Tiger. I also watched him limp off the golf course after his fourth round was complete yesterday. So I, I worry that he's not going to be able to walk the Masters. Augusta National, from what I understand, is the one of the toughest walks in golf. I think that's going to be tough for him. 
Soul, give me your um, synopsis. I didn't get to see much. I had a very busy weekend with a lot of things going on in my life. So yeah. what uh, what did you think? Is he, uh, he going to be able to compete at all, or should he just resign to just play it out to get to that senior circuit, which he has said, just not a big fan of? Yeah, I, I don't know that we'll see Tiger play much on the on the senior tour either. Um, you know, I it's hard to say. He he thinks his game is is pretty good, but it's gonna always be can he walk the golf course for four straight days? That's the tough part uh for him. And and as he gets tired later in the weekend and starts feeling that leg more, then it's gonna be tougher to keep your concentration as well. So I think it's gonna be tough for Tiger to to win another event let alone a major. Uh, and he's tied with uh, Sam Snead right now at 82 victories, the most all-time and on the PGA Tour. Uh, I think I'm sure he'd love to win one more to have that record to himself. He's not going to catch Jack Nicklaus for the majors, but he all he has to do is win one more, and he'd be the all-time winner on the PGA Tour for total victories. I think he'd love to have that designation, but I didn't see it watching him yesterday and this weekend. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Todd, because there was a comment that Tiger loves to play his courses that he's been successful at. Torrey Pines, um, Augusta, you know, all these tougher golf courses that are hard to walk. And they said maybe he needs to look at that schedule a little bit harder and find a flatter golf course. I know there's one in Minnesota. I can't remember the name of it, Todd. Is it the TPC? Would that be something? Except that's a non-elevated event. He's never coming here. He's never coming. You're right, but it's a flat yeah. golf course. You yeah. and I have played it. Yeah. There ain't a lot of up and downs. Yeah, we might see him play a lot in Florida. Uh, it's all very flat golf down there. Texas, there's got to be some you know, flat golf courses for him there. I heard that, too. So they changed announcers on NBC. They went away from Paul uh, Azinger to this uh, McGinley, Paul McGinley. Uh, so they went to the European voice again, and... Uh, He's got an annoying voice. I'm not a fan of this move at all. Todd, I thank you for bringing that up. And we, again, we we got to be careful about how deep we tread down these waters, right? But yeah. uh, I, I just, I I couldn't, I don't understand it. I, McGinley was not good on the Golf Channel. No. He, I don't think he's very good when he does all this master stuff and, you know, with Brando. I, I just, I didn't understand the move. Um, it, it is what it is. But then again, you can't. David Duvall isn't somebody. That's another name that was kind of uh, that was used in the past. He's not a good fit. I, I don't know why they can't get a personality in there. Now Nick Faldo turned into a very, very good, yep. um, you know, number one guy. And Azinger, I was not disappointed they got rid of him. But I don't know why they can't find somebody with some charisma. Yeah. And McKinley doesn't have. Well, they it. do. They do have guys with charisma. It's just they're over on live. Uh, you know, David, oh, David Faraday went to work for live. Phil Mickelson right. is over on live. Phil Mickelson would have been the obvious choice when they decided to get rid of Azinger to step in as NBC's lead analyst. Perfect. He would have been great at that, but he's over on the live tour, which we should have some word before the end of this month. Hopefully it's positive. I'm not so sure it is with all the rumors surrounding John Rahm now headed to live for a $600 million paycheck. Uh, that could force the PGA Tour into some more capitulation uh, to get along with the PIF if they do that. Todd, I heard that the announcer was supposed to be early this week. Have you seen anything? I, I, I have not I, checked. I, I haven't I seen anything yet. You just mentioned it. Yep, it's this month at some point, so we'll see what happens. We're all out of time, Greg. We'll talk about that next Monday. Maybe we'll know something by then. Woo.
Greg Snow joining Thanks, us. Have a great day. You bet. Greg Snow joining us here on the Todd and Fence podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.